After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest right now? Are you feeling lonely, unappreciated, or misunderstood? When you keep these feelings bottled up, they can affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's a great way to increase your self-awareness, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BeHereNow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash BeHereNow. Welcome to the Krishna Das Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishna Das shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishna Das's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/kd. What's happening? Yes, Yes. So I have this burning desire question. Um, I was raised Catholic. And I went to Catholic schools for 12 years, and I was surrounded by nuns and priests and the fear of God. And I've always had this quest to be connected with God. And I did a lot of drugs, and I drank a lot. And I guess did a lot of things to try to find this peace. But I always had this spiritual quest of so I tried many, like, you know, and, I, and I'm universal. I don't call myself Christian. And, you know, I love every religion. And, but what I have a hard time, and so I had this um, yoga teacher who's from India, and she introduced me to you. And what I have a hard time with is not knowing what I'm saying in the words. Mm-hmm. And almost like like a guilty feeling like I've been trying to get over this Catholicism fear of God thing you know forever mm-hmm. and um, when you say fear of God what are you talking about guilt you know guilt, like, like you'll be punished for yeah, your sins yeah yeah like you're gonna mm-hmm. like when I hear you say it almost sounds like your higher power is this guru mm-hmm. 
And um, I don't really have like a guru or a teacher or anything like that. I don't even know who I pray to, but like, so I guess what my question is, does it matter? Like, will I find peace if I just say these words without knowing what they mean? Yes. <laughs> so which words are you talking about? Which, which? I mean, just the... Like the Shri Ram, Shri Ram, But the chants that we're singing. Yeah, yeah. Some of the chants have meanings, like gospel songs have meanings, you know. And some of the chants are mantras. Mantras don't necessarily mean conceptually, they don't necessarily mean something conceptually, directly, but the sounds have a power and a magnetism in them. And those mantras you can sing without ever thinking about what it means intellectually. Chants like the Hanuman Chalisa, it's all a story. The Hanuman Chalisa, just repeating the things that Hanuman did, what, talking about his relationship with Ram, what he did, how he jumped over the ocean, how he found Sita, Ram's wife, etc., etc., telling the story of Hanuman and invoking his presence by remembering him that way. Hanuman is a grace, you could say, like the in a way, like the Holy Spirit, really, it connects the supreme being with the individual soul, the reflection of that supreme. It connects that too. So, but you don't have to know that. But, you know, if you're interested in that, if you could, there are meanings, somewhere we have meanings of the Chalisa. Um, but, as far as the mantras go, and and far as meditation goes, like we're talking about here, the meaning of those things is not really important. What's important is that you pay attention, and you keep coming back. You notice you got caught in this thing, so you let go of it and come back to the chant. It's a practice. It takes practice. And you keep letting go, coming back, letting go, coming back, letting go. Little by little, you you begin to spend more time back instead of away, lost in your dreams or thoughts or emotions, whatever. And you get more comfortable just being here, and it takes more to pull you out of yourself into dreamland, you know, reactions and stuff, anger and guilt and shame and fear and all those things, which are just big emotions. Now, if you're repeating Sri Ram, Jai Ram, Jai Jai Ram, and you start to feel that fear thing and remember what that was like, you can, you keep the mantra going, and you, you're feeling that fear, you're feeling that fear, you keep the mantra going, keep it going, and you're still feeling, then just let it go and come back to the mantra. As soon as you notice the thing itself, and you're not no longer immersed in it, so you're not noticing that you've been thinking about that for 33 lifetimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you let it go and you come back to the channel. That movement back is a really big thing. Mm-hmm. That's what separates. That's what's that. That's what. That's the. That's like day and night. 
Night is like the way we mostly live all the time, not paying any attention, just going from one dream to the next, one pleasure to the next, one pain to the next, one thought, one emotion. And we're never aware of, you know, but then when we add a practice, any practice, all of a sudden, it makes us aware of how far gone we are and how often we're gone. Once you're aware of that, you come back. Actually, you're already back. The minute you're aware, and then you rededicate yourself to the mantra, to the re, you know, enter into the mantra again. Why do you, why does that happen? That when you're like really in something, all of a sudden you recognize that you are. Why is that awareness come? That's a mystery. That's a mystery. So, um, but that's the moment when you're here. First billionth of a second. Then you show your arm, you may not even be here doing that, right? But then all of a sudden you realize, oh, okay, sure, and then you're back. That's really, that's, that's the whole thing. That instant when you recognize you've been gone, that you're here for a billionth of a second, and then you're gone again. So, uh, as far as the meanings of the other kinds of chants and longer chants, with, you know, um, you, you don't want to be thinking about the meaning of a chant when you're trying not to be, when you're trying to be paying attention to the chant itself. Just the sound of the chant, you're doing the chant, you're paying attention to the sound of the chant. If, if you're lost thinking about what it might mean, and then it means that, is that the same as it means that thing? And then that chant kind of means something that's similar to that. Oh, wait a second, Sri So, you know? Yeah, I was listening to you on Pandora, and because um, I'm very new to chanting, and my um, yoga teacher says, because I'm, I'm kind of ADD, and I have a hard time <laughs> sitting down still. Mm -hmm. So she said chanting would be really good for you. So I'm, you know, sure. the whole thing. And I was listening to you and I started getting in my head, not knowing what you were saying. And then I got out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I got out yeah. of the enjoyment of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So now your personality has been formed around fear. Mm -hmm. And... So it'll be very difficult for you to let go of that fear and just come back because you live in that fear. Not always completely, but a lot of your, the shape that you've taken in this life and in your interactions with people, there's a sense of, of, of imminent, know, something's going to happen, you know? And, uh, so it's hard to let go of that. But when you notice that, you're not in it the same way. At that moment, you notice, just come back to something. Come back to your breath. That has no meaning. It's not going to... How could listening to your breath send you to hell? I mean, it's pretty difficult. <laughs> I mean, sure, I can imagine trying to bowing for a monkey god might convince you that you'll go to hell. <laughs> listening to your breath shouldn't be... You, could, you should... I, you would probably find a way to worry about that. <laughs> when you notice yourself, yourself worrying, just come back to the breath. And you'll see that all you have to do is look, release and come back. When you're in that 
fear a reality, you're in it. Mm -hmm. And you're afraid to move, so you can't let go of it either, because that's just fear about that. So that's why you start just learning to pay attention to one thing, like the breath. The breath is always there, as long as we're in the body. It comes in, turns around and goes out, turns around and comes in, and turns always, you can always come back to the breath. For whenever you're anywhere, you, you, you know, that's why you, that's one of the basic practices in terms of developing the power of attention. Mm-hmm. You, did I say, I told you yesterday how those Christian ministers met with His Holiness the Dalai Lama and they asked him, what do you think about sin? And he said, it's kind of a Christian thing, isn't it? <laughs> it doesn't have that. It's not, it's purely um, emotionally manipulative technique for keeping people under the thumb and making money and getting more real estate and controlling people and doing a lot of other terrible things. So I have nothing to do with God. Thank you. And the one you're praying to knows you're praying to. You don't have to know. <laughs> Didn't know if it was my turn or if somebody else had a microphone. You got the mic. I got the mic. Um, <clears throat> kind of forgot what question I was going to ask. That's the best one. <laughs> um, what I was going to ask, and this is in relation to some things that I've been going through. I guess this is where I'm going with my question is the word fight has become such this negative word for a long time throughout all the journeys that I've been going through. And like, I don't want to fight for something because I just need to surrender and love everything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's come to this point where I'm starting to find this beauty in, in this fight and this standing mm-hmm. up strong and putting my foot down and saying enough <laughs> is enough. Mm-hmm. So I guess, I guess it's me just surrendering to the to the word fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe I just answered my own question, but um. you did very well. <laughs> yeah, so that's fine. Yeah, um, one thing we shouldn't try to do is up level mentally, up level our game. Oh, I should just love everybody. When the time comes and the grace comes that you actually do love everybody, you'll also love yourself, and you'll also do what's best for yourself as well. It's not a one or the other kind of thing, you know? Um, you know, people say, should I make a choice, or should I just let the... I, I say, if you think there's a choice to make, make it. It's that simple. It's, you have to be who you are, you know? You can't... Don't Don't adopt or try to wear the clothes of some so-called spiritual uh, form, which you're not, it's not who you are. You, you, you know who you are. What do you want to do? Do it. Don't judge it. Don't, don't stand outside yourself and judge it. What you think it might look like in the eyes of some spiritual people or this path or that, you know, you know, the body, you need a body to do a lot of things. So, might as well try to keep it around. And um, that's a whole journey in itself. What's the best way to do that? Well, you have to find out. 
You won't find out unless you don't engage fully in it, 100%. That's, you know, if you're going to fight, if you're going to put the armor on and get your weapons out, either you better have a good escape route or you're going to have to fight. So, you know, you better, you know, you know, go for it 100%. You don't want to do anything half-assed. You know, that was, you need to use your will to manifest in this world. We want to be happy. We want to live good lives. We want to be healthy. We don't want to have pain. We want to have joy and, and, and companionship and love in the world. This is dependent on, on our, us manifesting our will to live a good life, whatever that means to each person. That's your will, not anybody else's. That's important here. You know that's you know, you know that silly story where this guy's this big flood and this guy gets caught up in a tree and he's you know it's a, he's gonna he's gonna die you know because there's nobody around he's gonna starve to death and a bark a piece of a, a log comes floating by and he says oh no I'm not gonna jump on that log I want God to save me and then, then a guy comes on a motorboat you know. He says, come on, get in the boat. He says, oh, no, no, I want God to save me. Okay. And somebody else said, I mean, finally dies and goes to wherever he goes. And God says, hey, what's up with you? You know, he said, well, I wanted you to save me. He said, what the fuck is wrong with you? I sent a log. I sent a motorboat. I sent a helicopter. You know? So, so you know, it's kind of like that. <laughs> I'm cursing a lot, right? <laughs> Not as much as usual. No. Not as much as usual. <laughs> More than lately. I, I stopped lately. I don't know why. Um, I think because there's no kids in here, my mind just went, go for it. <laughs> Who's a kid? Well, uh, he's too young. Next victim. Right here. I don't know what the question is. However, uh, I'll tell you the answer. Good. <laughs> so when you just said about, so I always get confused with this. Um, there's of course grace that you've talked about, and that I'm not doing it. Grace is doing it. <clears throat> but then saying that self-propulsion in my will. Basically, I make my own destiny with my will. So then there's that... The will will simply make... Will, with will, we perform actions. As far as destiny is concerned, the results of our actions are beyond our vision. Mm-hmm. They come or they don't come. When they come the way they come, we don't know. All we can do is do what we do. So if she doesn't take care of her health, certain things will happen. You could say it was destiny that, well, maybe, uh, maybe she just didn't pay attention, didn't take care of it. If she does take care of her health, doesn't mean she's going to live for 9,000 years. And the same thing could happen, but the will is about what you do right now, not what happens later. 
So I get up in the morning. I have to drag this old carcass around and get up here and squeeze this thing and save it. I'm doing that. At least it looks that way. You know, but I still have to get up and do it. I can't. If I stayed in bed, nobody would be singing here. With me, anyway. So that's where the will comes. As, you know, as far as the reality of, these are things you can't think about on the same level. They don't exist on the same level. You could say it's a different language. This uh, the language of of reality. It's not in words. So all we can do is do the best we can. We're, we're not going to figure it out. Yeah, I'm not going to figure it out. So just let it go, trying to figure it out, and be a lot happier. Yeah. That thing, one, it, that's, a, that's the ego wanting to control. You can't, the ego's nothing. How can it control anything? One, what it can control is your, the way you use your will to act in the world, what you do. The results of that are beyond the scope of the ego. But we seem to have choices about how we act in the world. So that brings into play a whole lot of other things. What's important to you, what's important to the people around you, and on and on. But none of it has to do with figuring anything out in terms of the long run. Doing it for eons, I guess. Mm-hmm. Probably. Thank you. All the way down that side? Okay. It's simple. I just want to know whether she saw you wearing the dress or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she did. She had a good laugh. It was too funny. Every time I said, this is Krishnadas. He was here with Maharaj in Maharaj's time. He was the Pujari. He used to wear a red dress. <laughs> oh, no. I'd just be waiting for the next, like, where is that dress? Do you still have it? Why don't you wear it? Nothing. <laughs> and I had, to want, I had to do it myself, you see. That was the key. And in retrospect, that night before, the night of the 14th, when I said to Maharaji, What's the deal? You know, you can do this. I know you can do this. Why, why you're not doing it is beyond me. Then I said, well, what can I do? If I can't make you do it if you don't want to. All right, I'll go back. I'll sing. How bad could it be? Good night. That was the moment of surrender. When I just accepted me as I am and agreed to fight as I am. I didn't ask him. I didn't. I didn't demand that he do what I wanted him to do, the way I wanted him to do it. I said, okay, I don't like it, but I'll sing. I'll go back the way I am. And then, of course, he changed everything. But I had to, I had to, I had, he had to push me to the point where I, where I gave up trying to make, make the world in my shape, the way I wanted it. That I had to let go of that. And I had to just say, okay, I'll deal with it. 
Thank God you changed it. That's all I can tell you. We all questioned now? Unbelievable. Oh, back there. Um, I kind of like the cursing. It's same as presidential. In, in that case, I, I would forsake it. Um, yesterday, you made reference to uh, a thousand Mike's as handos. You saw several people scratching their head. Oh. And so they're too young. Uh, yes, my experience was 500 mics of Osley. So, um, mm-hmm. um, so, but anyway, did, I, did you, you can discuss that more. But, um, you got any? No, no, I, I, What's I don't, disgusting? I don't think I would go there anymore. But I always think about it. I wonder which arm would fall off first, you know, like, my body would just. De- we're talking about taking acid, okay. in case you didn't get it. LSD acid. That's what we're talking about. So, yesterday you made a reference to the woman who was a devotee who did a compiled stories about Maharaja. Yeah, the book's called Love Everyone. Yeah, I, I read it, and in it I was kind of surprised at the connection of Jesus, and she continued to talk about it. Yeah. So, the Indians see Maharaji as a reincarnation of Hanuman, but she considered Hanuman and Jesus almost the same. Maharaji considered them the same. So I have a friend of mine who's a born-again Christian, and I said to him... What was it before he was born? Well, I, I, I don't know that, but um, I, I didn't mean to push his buttons, but I inadvertently did, or maybe I did, but... Uh, I said to him, what do you think Jesus would look like when he came back? Do you think he would be a, a big tycoon businessman with a bad hairdo? Or would he be a center fielder for the Yankees? And he looked at me and I said, I, I think he's already been here. And he was Maharaji. And he got upset and said, oh, that's blasphemy. And you're going to go to hell in a handbasket and mm. whatnot. And He'll be selling tickets. Huh? He'll be selling tickets at the front door. Oh, it could be. Um, so, is, is that a stretch to say that maybe Maharaji was Christ and a lot of us missed it? <laughs> a lot of us missed it the first time. Don't you think? All those Jewish liberals wound up on Long Island. <laughs> And I'm one of them. So I can go. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's all stuff. Uh, he said to, you know, we were sitting with him. And he looked at the Westerners. He said, you were all with Jesus. Like when he was there, said, we were this group of people. We were all with him. Hmm. And I just looked at him and I said, you're still with him. You know, that's what it looked like to me. Right. But who knows? You know, the point is. We're looking at this stuff through our perspective of separateness and ego. So if we say this person is Christ, that means this little bubble is the same as that little bubble. They're really one bubble. But from their perspective, it's very different reality. Hmm. When you merge completely with something, Hmm. what do you say? Who's there? What do you call it? 
That's why, you know, when you, like Maharaji's name, Nimkaroli Baba, the Baba from Nimkaroli, the Baba from Yogaville, the Baba from Richmond. It's not a name of a person, it's a name of a, a, a being. It's, it's not a personality, it's, it's a being that's technically, not that all people who are Babas or Swamis are enlightened, but the idea is not the name of that personality that was born, identified with the body, it's, it's the name of the shape of that soul to some degree. So when you say it's Maharaji Jesus, it's Hanuman and Jesus the same, well, you know, it's really hard to talk like that. It's just, that's just more storylines that we make up down here because we don't have anything else to do. You know, it's not important who's who and who's what. Somebody once asked Shibabali Yogi, who was a great yogi, a really, really big time great yogi, he came to America and somebody said, you know, um, asked him about Jesus dying for our sins. He said, ah, that's just a load of shit. He said, that stuff was made up, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years after Jesus died. If I say something to you right now and you repeat it to somebody else and it goes on, what do you think it's going to sound like in a hundred years? Different story. Totally different story. So what, you know, and... By the way, there was a great book called, I forget what it is. I forget the guy's name, maybe Bart something. He's a, a writer and Christian. And he said that he had been a born-again Christian and raised that way. And um, as you know, born-again, so-called born-again Christians believe that what, what's in the Bible is what is, is reality, everything is true. Jesus said, he said it, and now that's the way it is. So uh, this guy, Bart something, decided he loved the Bible so much that he decided to uh, study languages. And he became one of the world's leading authorities on Aramaic and Greek and all the languages that the Bible was written in, right? And he said, linguistically, Linguistically, scientifically, you can trace 3% of what's in the Bible to the time of Jesus. 3%. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. (laughs) So what are these people worshiping? Who said those things? Some idiot who made a mistake in transcription somewhere in the 1400s in some dungeon and somewhere. You know, come on. It's, 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 it's problematic to say the least. So, and this guy did it out of love and he realized that it was all uh, a whole other ballgame because he was like, into it and he studied and studied and he found that. It's interesting. Can I just mention something about grace? You, you often say that you would just be sitting home watching TV and this is to save your ass. And so this is, this is why you, you do what you do. I um, had an incident in my life where I forgave somebody that um, bludgeoned my son when he was four years old. Happened four decades plus ago. He, he, also bludgeoned my brother. Um, at, at the hearings that I would go to in court, 
I finally, I forgave him. And I, I did it to save my ass because I realized I had a lump on my heart that I started to jackhammer away mm -hmm. by chanting. But when I forgave him, I, I was bowled over because he started crying like a baby, saying that more than all the psychotherapy, the drugs, the electric shock, that he loved my brother who was trying to help him. He had schizophrenia, still does. And he was trying to help him. Mm. And I just didn't expect that. And so accidentally by grace, I stumbled into, I think grace. Mm -hmm. Is, was that grace or was that just saving my own ass? Sounds good. <laughs> What's the difference? I, I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Is, is there a difference? I don't think so. Okay, I guess I discovered grace. I guess I discovered you. I discovered myself. Mm. Well, anyway, don't, yeah. don't, don't feel bad for me. I've, I've had a great life. It's, uh, it's, it's a little bizarre, but I wish it had never happened. But it's, uh, I, don't, I don't feel bad for you. No. Oh, thank you. Don't feel bad for me. No, no. We talk about bizarre. We can compare bizarres. <laughs> I would just like to comment on your, on your hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a statistician, but fifty-two percent of the of the population of this country suffered. So <laughs> it's probably not, maybe it's why we have so many problems. We all such a pain in the ass. Right? I don't know. <laughs>